homecoming. Time of remembrance. Two old gentlemen talking. One of them said to the other one, you know, it's been many, many years. We've been such good friends. All that we've gone through, it's been a marvelous, marvelous experience, but I have one problem. What is your name? His response was, do you need to know right now? And I'm sure that for us, uh, sometimes names get away. But I'm glad to be able to come this morning and share during this time of homecoming with you. Uh, I can recall, even now, as I can almost hear my mom say, Ned, son, if, if your head wasn't tied on, you'd probably lose it. And she would say, uh, tie a string around your finger to remember have you ever tried to tie a ring, string around your own finger? That's hard to do. Well, anyhow, I think also that um, I think about Camille. She's down in St. George today, and Larry and Ellen and I went down Thursday and came back yesterday. I can hear her now saying, Honey, don't forget your medicine. Anytime we've gone more than one day, don't forget your medicine. And then she'll say, do you have your phone? Under my breath, I'd say, who do you think you are, my mama? <laughs> Thursday, we're driving down to St. George. We get within 10 miles of the campground. Larry says something about medicine. Oh, my soul. My medicine is back home in Rock Hill. I get down and I say, well, Camille, has, she always has enough medicine for two days. She did not. We called all over the place, and I said, Larry, what, what, what do you, kind of medicine do you have? <laughs> he, sh- he showed me his, and I thought, maybe I'll take his. Maybe I'd get handsome and intelligent, too. <laughs> but I had to turn around at 5 o'clock and drive back to Rock Hill, spent the night in Rock Hill, then turned around and drove back, left here at 5 o'clock uh, Friday morning, got back down there before they even got up. But I realized that even as I was preparing the message and, and then thinking about uh, remembering, I real, began to realize even more so, Camille asks me about my medicine and about my phone, first of all, because she loves me. And she knows that if I don't have it, it's also going to cost me something. It cost me something Thursday. Five hours on the road, uh, uh, $65 worth of gas, and, and a night, not a good night's sleep. And so it's important, it's important to be able to remember. Uh, we don't want, however, for our past to, to, to uh, uh, hold us in and, 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 and jail us in. We want the past to be something to remember. And so in the scriptures, in the eighth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, we find that, that God's people are being reminded by, by Moses, who has been leading them for 40 years in the wilderness, and he's reminding them that they're about to come into the land of promise. There's some things that they need to remember. And God is always saying in his word for his people to remember the setting up of memorial stones, the, the, uh, the uh, reminders of sowing uh, things in the hems of their clothes so that they can remember, and different feasts, remember different things, different signs, even their songs. So God wanted his people to remember that he loves them, that he loves them. And so I want to read... 
I want to read the whole chapter of, of the chapter 8. I know that, that our time is slipping away. I've got 10 minutes to go. Verse 8, chapter 1. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised you uh, on an oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that a man disciplines his son, so the Lord God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Be careful that you do not forget and the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands and his statutes that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increases and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you'll, be, you'll forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirty thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of rock rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had not known to humble and test you so that it would be good for you in the end. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hand have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God. What is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth? And so confirms his covenant that he swore to your forefathers as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify you today that you will surely be destroyed like the nations the Lord destroyed before you. So you will be destroyed, destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. What a challenge. What a challenge to remember. I want to just try quickly run through several things this says to me. First of all, it says to me that our God is a God who plans for his people. He plans for his people. Uh, sometimes we live as though it's just, we're, it just, we just happen to be haphazardly. We just happen to be here. But we read over and over, God says, when I, when I do this, when I do that. You see, Israel needed to realize, they need to be reminded that even, even though as things would sometimes go bad and sometimes things go good, that God was still, he still had a purpose for them. Number two, God fulfills his promises. The promises become realities. The promises become realities. God had promised Abraham. He had made a covenant with him. He said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And through you, the world will be, the world will be blessed. And so they were not just going to be going into a promised land just to occupy some property. They were going there with a purpose that God says, you're going to have a time of testing. You're going to have a time in which it's, going to be, it's not going to be easy. And, but I'm, I'm sending you in there for a purpose. 
And I'm sitting there for a purpose. Also, be reminded that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He promised them, he said, if you obey, I'll bless you. If you disobey, what? I'll, I'll discipline you. Uh, I was sharing this with Larry going on the way down uh, Thursday. Uh, as I was studying this passage, it just, uh, it just really dawned on me that when we read passages like this and see how God blessed when they were obedient, God punished when they were disobedient, it happened every time. God does it same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I said to myself, as God laid on my heart, do we think here in the United States that God won't do the same thing? He says that, he said even to his chosen people, if you are not obedient, I will treat you just like I treated the others who were disobedient. I think God says that to congregations. You have a wonderful, you have a wonderful past. Uh, I've known you for, for probably 30 years. Some, well, some of you have known you 30 years. You're not that old. Uh, but I've known some of you been around for a long time. But, but Northside has a wonderful, wonderful history. A wonderful history. And I think, it's, I think it's imperative that we listen to what God says to the, uh, here to the folks in, in, in Deuteronomy. Is remember, remember, when you forget, when you forget where you, from which you have come, you're going to find that, that God's going to discipline you. His God's going to discipline you. And I think it's so meaningful. God didn't say, if you go into the land of Cana, if you go there. He said, when you go. It was a certainty. When you go. And so as God has blessed you in the past, as you have been obedient, Wow, you can look forward to a wonderful future. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so, so God blesses the, those who are obedient. And also God punishes those who are disobedient, just like a father disciplines his children. Fathers don't discipline their children because they hate them. But they want them to do well. And, 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 and Moses is reminding them, when God disciplines us, it's never, it's never, it's never to destroy us. It's always to do well for us in the end. God sometimes is a refiner, is a refiner. But folks, just remember, God is a refiner. He is not an arsonist. He doesn't put us through the times of fire in order to destroy us, but to bring us out pure bring us out more, more, more real than, than what we are now. And so there are times, there are times when that, that God does test us. He said, you know, years ago, when I was studying, had been studying through the scriptures, I thought the children of Israel had wandered 40 years because of disobedience, that God was just punishing them. That's part of it. But he said, I led you these 40 years. Even in the times of discipline, God says, I led you these 40 years. Then he went on to say, I caused you to hunger, and then I fed you. Folks, if we could ever get that understood in our hearts, the same God, the same God who who causes us to hunger is the same God who feeds us. And that's such a wonderful thing. God wanted his people to know that in the, in the Old Testament days. God says, I led you and I fed you these 40 years. And so regardless of, of, of the times that we have come through, regardless of when and how long it was, just remember, God doesn't leave us. He doesn't leave us. I think 
Sometimes I want to I want to try to correct my praying, and I want to sometimes correct the praying of others. We say, "Dear God, be with us." Is he a God that comes and goes? He said, I'd be with you always, even to the end of the age. And we don't even have to ask that anymore. God's always with us. Now, I know what we're saying when we say that. We want God to be with us in a special way. But just to realize that, that God is, is always with us. He's always with us. He said, testing us so it may, he may humble you. In fact, in verse 8, verse 2, and verse 15, he says the same thing. Then again, he says the same thing in verse 3 and 16. Why would he say it twice? He said, God led you, he fed you. He caused you to hunger. That you may know that, what? That you may know that man doesn't live by bread alone. He, He caused you to hunger, he fed you. He caused you to go through this time of testing in order to humble you. One of the greatest things that the, that the people of Israel had to face <clears throat> was their pride. And God says on two occasions, he said, God permitted you to go through this time in order to humble you. Humble you. To see what was in your heart. God didn't need to know what was in our heart. He already knew. He wanted us to know what was in our heart. He wanted us to know that, that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And he told about all that he did. You see, the people are going into a land of Cana. They're going into a land of, of freedom, a land of celebration. They have come out of bondage, but God knew that if there was not a change in their life, if there was not a commitment to him, they would be as much in bondage in Cana as they were in Egypt. And that's why he laid out all these thou shalt not. Because he knows he knew the only way to have freedom is to be disciplined in him. And so this morning as we, as we look at this, have looked at this passage I want to say right quickly, just first of all, praise God. He said, whenever this has happened to you, he said, when, when do you have your blessing? When you sit down at the table. You have it first, don't you? I do too. But he said to them, he said, when you have eaten, give thanks unto me. We can do it both times. We can do it before and after. But oftentimes, you know, when we get full and we get satisfied sometimes we forget we forget so praise God then he said revere the Lord your God honor him honor him and then explicit obedience explicit obedience God wants to do us good and not harm we see we're going to represent him and we do represent him when I think about remembering, I think about my dad, Adam Carmel Duncan. My dad was a good, godly man. He was a, he was a deacon. I recall after I'd gotten out of college, <clears throat> I came home and was waiting for Sandra to get out of school before we married. And so while I was home, dad said, we need to go to the bank. I thought, why do we need to go to the bank? He said, you've never borrowed any money, have you? And I said, no. He said, come on, let's go to First Union National Bank in Miriam. So we go to First Union National and, and we go in and Dad said, I want to, I want to see the, the vice president. And so Dad knew the vice president. So we sat down and Dad said, this is my son. And said, I want him to, to, to know you because there's probably going to be some time that he's going to have to borrow some money. And so the man, he met me and I, we talked a little bit. Later on, I did have to borrow money. And so I went back in and I talked to a man who 
was not the vice president. And I told him who it was. And he said, I need to go check just a few moments. And we're back. And the vice president came out and he said, uh, yes, son. He said, you can, you can loan that son, that boy, whatever he needs. Because you see, he's Adam Duncan's boy. It wasn't because of my goodness or my greatness. It's because of the influence of my dad. And we, we stand at a pivotal time, I think, in, in history and also in our churches. God has a wonderful future. And when they see people from Northside, they want to be able to say, gosh, they're from Northside. They're from Northside. The most wonderful thing of, of spreading the gospel is the grapevine and the gossip they have about Northside. Good gossip. Good gossip. And the Bible says that they that were scattered abroad went everywhere gossiping the good news. You have a good name. You have a good name. But remember, it was the Lord God who has brought you to this point. Praise him. Revere him. Honor him. Obey him. For he wants to do you good and not bad to the end. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the time to come together in celebration as a congregation. Lord, praise you for these folks. Praise you for the new leadership. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful future they have. In Jesus' name, amen. May we stand. Let us sing together.